You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. Yeah. Got a little bit of that uh, chest congestion bass in my voice today. Yeah. <laughs> God, that should keep you entertained for hours alone. <laughs> Just make sure you stay away for six feet, okay? Yeah, I think this table's six feet. We're good. <laughs> yes. Because we got back from Dragon Con. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good we'll, con. Uh, we'll uh, discuss that later. But first, what are we smoking this week, Brad? This week we have the Camacho Factory Unleashed. Unleashed. Yeah. Sports a uh, Honduran wrapper, or Corojo wrapper, um, with a... Ecuadorian Corojo wrapper over a Honduran binder and fillers from both the Dominican Republic, Honduras, and Nicaragua. Yeah, this is a kind of a kind of has that shaggy foot on the end of it too. Yeah, it's like the where the wrapper doesn't go all the way down the cigar, so you get to taste a little bit of the filler tobaccos before that uh, wrapper leaf kicks into the flavor profile, which is unusual for Camacho and also price point. It's like a eight dollar cigar uh and they're coming out in these the box looks cool because they're to your brick and mortar stores they come in a hundred count like wood crate it looks like an old school like ammo box which is it's pretty badass looking yeah i do really like the uh the wooden box that it comes in um and i gotta say man uh lighting up this is not a bad cigar um earthy leathery a uh, little touch of spice um i mean all the kind of flavors that i look for in a uh a cigar and and the strength on this one um you know definitely leans more toward the the fuller side to me oh yeah definitely that uh the higher end of that you know, kind of medium to full it's it's it's, it's new which is it's always good to try something new. Speaking of new, this week we're going to talk about a Marvel movie that's not a sequel. It's it's a new property introduced into the MCU. We're going to be talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. It's the first time I've been to a theater in a long time. I think the... Previously, the last theatrical movie I watched was... Godzilla. Like I went to go see Godzilla v Kong. That was yeah, the, that was the the last uh, last bit I saw. And if you're going to have to take on an international crime syndicate like the Ten Rings, you should call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for twenty percent off your order. And with that, we're gonna summon up some kung fu magic. Dude, I'm just going to wear 10 rings. <laughs> and get on with the show. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. 
그런 반전 있는 여자 And welcome back, not only welcome back to the podcast, but welcome back to the MCU. Yeah, I was like, at some point I'm like, do we really need another Marvel movie, like superhero movie, can we move away? we always do. But (laughs) we always need one, and I was... I hadn't really followed this film too much. I mean, I'd seen people, uh, nothing spoilerish, but I'd seen people give it, you know, positive feedback. And I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, yes, we do need more superhero <laughs> movies. Another thing, too, because, you know, Endgame kind of wrapped up the first 20 years of the Marvel Universe, and really the only thing that's come out past Endgame, because everything got shut down because of the COVID shit was the second Spider-Man movie and then nothing else except for the kind of the three Disney plus series that we've gotten so far, which really hasn't clued us in much on what's going to happen into the, the wider universe. And, uh, you know, we're, 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 you know, who's our new big bad. Who's our Thanos? You know, where are we going to go from here? We've not gotten a lot of, clues to that but now that theaters reopen we just had we which we haven't really talked about on the show you know black widow came out last month but that was still kind of a even though it's in the new phase it's old kind of old news because it takes place kind of between civil war and uh infinity war (laughs) so it's like it's so it's definitely not really introducing any new information on the universe. So this is like kind of like the first post, you know, Thanos, you know, movie that we've got. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, like, at any moment, knowing that, hey, half of us could be wiped out, like, that really drives people, I think, to live for the moment. You know, and that's kind of more what I'm expecting and looking forward to seeing is, you know, a lot less hesitation and a lot more of, hey, I've just got to take this opportunity because I may not have an opportunity to take it later. Yeah, and I mean, we've kind of saw a little bit of the like consequences of the world post snap with the, you know, Winter Soldier and the Falcon series. But yeah, the, the psychology of it too is kind of interesting. Cause it's like, we have uh, Aquafina's character, uh, Katie, who you find out is like, you know, has like a master's degree and probably could do other things, but she's working as a valet so she can play with fancy cars and shit. And she's just like, can't commit to any path in life. Cause like, all right, the world could like, we've already seen 
the world almost in once. It's like, do I really want to become a freaking accountant or whatever? I can't remember what her degree was in. It's like, you know, why settle for, you know, the basic shit when, you know, we all literally know now life is short or potentially in this, you know, world where people wipe out half of half of the galaxy. You know, it's like you know, trying to find that, you know, one true calling and not committing to anything can kind of leave you, you know, stagnant, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, it just, you know, I mean, going through life, it's, hey, you need to, you know, commit and dedicate yourself to something. Or, you know, maybe those who, you know, stand for nothing will fall for anything, you know, <laughs> type principles. I'm not sure. Yeah, so, and then we have... Shang-Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings in a world. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I like about this too. Like We're still not trailer guy. You know, with this, these startings of the Phase Four movies, it's like I said, it's like it's not a sequel. It's not Iron Man Four or Thor Three or whatever. It's we've got this movie, and then next movie next month, I think we have the Eternals. I'm like even in something that this is like the 25th movie in the series, they're still bringing new shit. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't very familiar with the, the comic books that these are, are based on. I kind of like hell when guardians of the galaxy came out, I'd never heard of guardians of the galaxy uh, until I, until the movie came out where this is like, you know, not only is it something introduced that not familiar with the source material, but it was also kind of cool and innovative. I'm like, cool. We've got like, a Kung Fu movie set in the Marvel universe. I, I, I don't know. I was kind of getting a Pan's Labyrinth vibe mixed with, you know, a lot of martial Especially arts. Especially like, yes. uh, the, the later portions of it. But I, I, you know, just seeing some of that was really cool. You know, this was, this was one that especially they you know, go back to the, the mythical homeland and you start seeing all the different creatures and you yeah, know, all these the like lands like Chan Chinese You know, mythology. almost had like that uh that avatar effect that it's just, you know, visually striking and stunning that's like, yeah, this was worth seeing on a big screen. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like now that, you know, with the the kind of problems they had with the the simultaneous Black Widow release that Disney's like, all right, yeah, I guess we should probably put these in theaters <laughs> only uh, for a time being. And cause so far this thing is like number one in the box office, like the last two weekends it's yeah. It, but I mean, really what is theaters are back at competition, least. you know, I mean, right now, I mean, Candyman, I think could be, I mean, you know, somewhat of a contender for I, people wanting to relive that experience. Well, that, Free Guy has been making a bunch of money, but it's it's been out for three, four weeks now. I don't think there was really anything else that was like premiered this weekend that was that was huge. But I mean, we're starting to get those big box office numbers again, uh, where you know the first kind of month or two of theaters reopening, it was kind of like people were like, ah, are people scared to go back to theaters because none of these movies are making a whole lot of money, but then again, there wasn't a whole lot of content out there. I, I think now that we're seeing the big studios release big movies, it's like, oh shit, yeah, people are people are willing to come out and spend the money yet again. So maybe theaters aren't uh, doomed as we as we once predicted. Yeah, I mean, they're. 
I don't know. You know, I mean, I, you do what you got to do for your own personal safety, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, I, I don't think the world can stop turning and, you know, moving forward. You know, like, people are, you know, going stir-crazy. Like, <laughs> like as humans, we are social creatures, so... Although I never really understood that. Hey, I want to get to know you, so how about we go to a movie where we're going to sit for two and a half hours and not talk? But then again, I mean, maybe not for... A, it might not be a good date idea unless you're just going to make out and not see the movie. But post-movie, that's where the real social interaction... You, know, you do you spend two hours not talking, but then you go get some food or something afterward, and you spend the next two hours talking about, man, you remember that shit when he kicked that dude in the head and well, motherfucker with the machete arm and shit? <laughs> dude, this... The theater was dead silent when... I mean, granted... There was maybe, like, six other, you know, people, but not a word was said, like, as, as everybody was exiting. I was like, are we at a fucking funeral or what? Because, <laughs> like, this is, like, eerily silent. <laughs> well, then again, you did go see it, like, noon on a Sunday. Yeah, I saw it, uh, whatever, Labor Day, and, you know, after we got back from Con, and, like, our theater was a little more, a little more full and <laughs> when when we went to see it. It also kind of depends on the movie because I'm, you know, Warner Brothers are still doing at least for the first month simultaneous release theaters or you know video. And I'm since I'm paying you know fourteen bucks a month for freaking HBO Max, I'm like, all right, it's not a Marvel movie. I'll just watch it on <laughs> watch it at the house with a cigar. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did with Suicide Squad when it came out. But you know, even though Black Widow is available for rent, I'm like. It's a fucking Marvel, man. I gotta see that shit on a big screen. Same thing with, you know, there wasn't a digital option for Shang-Chi, but I'm like, it is a Marvel movie, even though I have no idea what this movie is. It's like, kind of like Pokemon, you gotta catch them all. <laughs> I was like, I've been watching these fucking movies for like the last, you know, 20 years. I'm like, I, I can't not see this one. <laughs> and you expect like, you know, with 25 movies, like, they can't all be hits. You, you expect like, or eventually one's gonna come out and fucking bomb, but it's like... So far, these things have continued to... I mean, some make more money than others, but there's not been an abject failure out of the bunch yet, which is kind of impressive, you know? No, I mean, especially surrounding some of the negative publicities and stuff like that from, like, Captain Marvel, yet it went to go on to be fairly successful, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that more had to do with, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff, because the movie itself, it was... Yeah. Really good. Like I said, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I can absolutely disagree with somebody's outlook on life or politics or whatever and still be like, that's a damn good actor or actress or, you know, a damn good movie. Like, whatever, you know? Yeah, it's um, like, I don't give a fuck what Matt Damon has to say in the news, but I still like his movies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he may be kind of a dumbass in real life, uh, you know, or at least in my, like, you know, I don't have to agree with him politically to be like, all right, fuck it, I'll, I'll watch another Born Identity. <laughs> uh -huh. So, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Dude, it was just great seeing the amount of martial arts. Yeah, I'm, I was trying to think. I don't recall any, like... I mean, there's always, like, fight scene. I mean, Black Widow's always been a fighter because she doesn't have any, like, superpowers or anything. But... 
just in any other movie, I can't think of one we've had recently that's been very martial arts centered. You know, there's been movies that has like some you know martial arts in them, but I've not seen like a full on martial arts action movie in a while. I mean, other than watching freaking Cobra Kai on, <laughs> that's about, about the only martial arts like heavy thing I've seen in a, in a long time. Yeah. But I mean, you know, even that with Cobra Kai, you know, we're watching that in our homes, you know, we're not going to the big screen, you know? So it was just awesome seeing. Yeah. I've not gone to see a Van Damme or a, or a, uh, a freaking, whatchamacallit, any of the other, hell, I, I think the last Jackie Chan movie I saw was the, the foreigner. And that really wasn't that much martial arts in it. You know? Well, this kind of reminded me, you know, of that Jackie Chan kind of era, you know, our, our, our style yeah, like, of choreography. Um, and I'm pretty sure, and I don't remember the guy's name, but I, th- I think I read it or saw it somewhere that one of their fight choreographers was like part of Jackie Chan's like stunt team back in the day. So, Especially that first fight scene where, because Shang-Chi, his father is basically immortal. He has these magical rings that he found thousands of years ago that keep him alive. And he basically became a worldwide warlord and kind of evolved into like a mafioso guy until he found love and put down the weapons and had a family until his wife died and he picked up the rings again and tried to rebuild his crime syndicate. So his son like basically was trained as like an assassin until he, you know, finally killed his first man and just couldn't take the morality of it and ran away and, you know, moved to America and popped up in San Francisco as like Sean. So like these guys like, a master martial artist, but he's like, yeah, just just working keeping a, everything low key, you know. Working a day job as a, as a little mild mannered uh, valet. So yeah, the first, uh, but he has this necklace that his mother gave him that apparently has some kind of uh, like significance. It, yeah, I mean, it was a symbolism or a meaning or something that's just like, hey, when you lose your way, this will this you will know guide you home, guide you home and. So yeah, you know, all of it's his like, friends just know him as Sean, don't know him as Shang Chi, and until the Ten Rings with their razor fist guy pop up on this bus in San Francisco and try to try to take his necklace, and it's like the first reveal of like homeboy can fight, you know, and like even his his friend was like, "What? Well, who the fuck are you?" But like that whole like it's kind of it's almost like the um, the hallway fights in Daredevil and shit where it's like. Martial arts action, but you're in a confined space. And like I said, that him like going out of windows, you know, doing all these weird shit on the bus. Like, yeah, it, that, that scene in particular was like very Jackie Chan style <laughs> fighting. Well, I almost, I was like, okay, they just did rush hour on a more grander scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it, it had like excellent martial arts action. But it also had a lot of comedy. Like I said, it, it very much had that Jackie Chan feel for the modern era. Yes, you know, and I, I think that's really what kind of sold the film for me is, you know, like, I mean, I've seen some martial arts films that, true to the style, were, you know, great in that regard, but 
weren't great watches because there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, entertainment value. Yeah, a lot of them, it's like, it's all about the fight choreography, and then the storyline is just trash. Where this is, it had both. It had a compelling story and, like, badass action sequences. And then you even, even before you get into the whole Ten Rings and the more, it kind of goes from, like, a realistic, you know, martial arts action film in modern era to by the end of it, this real like supernatural, you know, Kung Fu could, you know, even though it's taking place now could been, you know, set a thousand years ago. <laughs> you know, it's like, it kind of had like bridge the gap of both kind of genres of Kung Fu film. Well, and you know, not only that, but then added supernatural and powers you know, and fucking, you know, soul like, Oh, we're going to use, you know, the dragon scales and everything else, so it became, you know, very mythical. Um, which I, I I don't know, you know, the fucking effects were just awesome through that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like the it's like a combination of Rush Hour and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It, it just like went like the full gambit of martial arts uh, stories. And I mean, we got a faceless the pig, pig chicken. chicken thing. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Uh, I don't think they ever explain exactly what it is, but I'm like, all right, I, I could see, like, if this movie had made it out before Dragon Con, like, with enough time, like, I could imagine just hundreds of people running around as, you know, faceless. Morris, that's what they, and apparently it's called a Hundun. <laughs> okay. At least that's what Wikipedia says it is. I've never heard of such a thing. But yeah, it's like Hun, just a... The, the, the chicken pig's done. <laughs> Undone. Yeah, it's definitely going to be like the new hot plush toy for Christmas. Like, I mean, I, I literally saw a commercial last night for kids. Like, you could buy the the dragon scale staffs and and uh, the Taolao, like, dragon scale uniforms and shit. Like, they're already advertising that for kids. And the movie's been out like a week like I'm I'm waiting for like by Christmas there's going to be chicken pigs. Hear that that's going to be the new thing you can get at uh, Build a Bear. I mean that's the thing though man is before a movie you know like I I think back in the old days right it was hey you have this great script and an idea yeah we can do something with it. I think now it's all right I see where you're going. But where is the cross merchandising? You know, where is that marketing angle? And well, it's like you know, Hasbro used to produce like all those movies and cartoons just to basically be thirty-minute hour commercials for <laughs> for toys. I mean, it's the whole reason they killed off half the original uh, Gen One Transformers in the Transformers movies so they could like introduce a new line of toys. <laughs> And, yeah, and, and especially since Marvel's owned by Disney, if you know Disney's the king of of fucking merchandising. I mean, hell, between Marvel, regular Disney products, and Star Wars, fuck the movies. Not where they're making all their money. It's on all the fucking toys and shit. I don't know. I heard a lot of the Disney stores were going out of business or closing, though. I don't know. But then again, like I'm sure there'll still be an online presence, and I don't, I don't find myself like. Used to, like, I would wander down toy aisles and be like, hey, let me see, you know, what the cool craze is. And, you know, as of late, it's like, everything's empty. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, uh, I mean, I've seen. Hell, now if you're gonna get you know for adults, if you're gonna get toys, you gotta go to like a comic book shop and get the like the cool sideshow collectibles and stuff like that. Yeah, you that you or you're going get, like, to regular, uh, Barnes and Noble or something for yeah. you know. They don't, they don't sell the it's cool like, shit at Walmart anymore. Like bookstores now sell more pop figures than they do books. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's about a fifty-fifty mix when you go in Barnes and Noble now of like merchandise to like books. I mean, but hell, because everyone now like I like I still like having physical media. So you know, having like bookshelves full of books. Like, hey, look, I accomplished something. Can't get that with my you know my Kindle's full. You know, it doesn't doesn't have the same you know aesthetic to it. But yeah, with everything going digital, yeah, bookstores have had to adapt and start selling toys and games and <laughs> puzzles and all that other shit. But I say the uh, Shang's Chi is uh, played by Simu Lu, which up until this point I had never heard of this guy. I well, mean, like it's one of like those when we faces, said who the fuck is Tom Holland, you know? you know. But at the same time, I'm like. I know this actor from somewhere. Well, he's been in a bunch of like, what's weird too, because this is like big martial arts action movie and he's a former stunt guy. So he come from the action world, but as an actor, you look at his credits and it's all uh, like sitcoms and shit. <laughs> so as an actor, even though he's, he's got the stunt action background, when he became an actor, he's like doing comedies and shit. And then like, you know, yeah, this is like his first look from what I was looking at, your first big action role. <laughs> I'm like, it's kind of weird. It's like, I did all this action the behind time, the scenes, like, and now I'm, I'm the guy in the front of the camera. Dude, I, it, we've said it on previous episodes, and I'll say it again. People coming from a stunt background, like, for some reason, are killing it in these yeah, like, I mean, uh, you like, know, Look at John Wick, you know, or hell, even the guys that directed the first Deadpool, like, you know, the former stunt coordinators and shit like that. When you let them direct the action it's like oh you get some some innovative yeah but not even you know the not even the visuals but i mean realistically i mean this had that buddy cop feel to it at times yeah so i mean definitely both leads played off each other there was a chemistry and they sold it well um but as speaking of other like co-lead aquafina weird name but i mean and i've Seen some of her stuff mainly in like comedic stuff, but she did a good job of not only having a good, well developed comedic character, but also when she like stepped up and did some of the action and shit. And like, like her character has like a real great progression and growth through this movie that I'm like, oh shit, like, you know, I've not seen enough of her to like realize that she's like actually a really good actress, <laughs> not just like, you know, a comedy person, but yeah, I'm like, Shit, I'm surprised, like, this, like, you know, by her performance, you know, it was like, oh, like, she's actually legit good. I kind of want to see her in, in more things now. No, absolutely. And I, 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 I think we definitely will, um, which I'm sure we'll get into here in just a little bit when we start talking about what comes after the film. <laughs> oh, yep. But yeah, you know, like, you know, eventually, oh yeah, eventually, uh, you know, after he reveals who he actually is and where he actually came from, and I do like how they kind of went back and, because the Ten Rings have been kind of a big thing in 
Marvel. But we kind of got cock-teased with it with Iron Man 3. I mean, well, suppose the terrorists that captured Tony Stark in the first Iron Man were part of the Ten Rings. And then, you know, you get the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, which you find out is just an actor. And basically, you know, they invented the Ten Rings to give a face to their kind of super science uh, group. <laughs> you know, basically like a cover they they just like hired this drunk actor to play this big bad so they could kind of have a front for for what they were doing behind the scenes <laughs> but then you turn out it's like oh no that was not the real mandarin that was not the real 10 rings you know we're still actually back here pulling the strings behind the <laughs> behind the curtain and like we are like I was like so it kind of like you know rectified that like cock tease of the 10 rings from Iron Man three. Like, Oh shit. There, there really is a, the 10 rings. And I don't know. I just, badass. now that you brought up Mandarin, I, I just ninjas lo- and shit. love the joke of, uh, you know, they're sitting down for dinner and it's like, yep. Named after an orange. <laughs> yeah. <they're> just, <laughs> ma- he's like making fun of the whole, like, uh, you know, he eventually, you know, uh, Shang Chi after he tells his, Katie, what he really is, he's like, well, if they've come looking for me, they've, I have a sister and they've, they're probably looking for her too. Cause she has one of these necklaces. We need to go save her, but he's not seen her since he, you know, fled his father's organization. And turns out she's running like a badass fight club in like Morocco. <laughs> and it's cool as shit too, because they go in there and there's like all these people having these cage matches and you see like. One of the Black Widows uh, that got freed from in the Black Widow movie, like fighting what looks like a guy that has the extremist uh, powers from Iron Man three, and like all these like this little bits and pieces, and then you see Wong from from freaking uh, Doctor Strange fighting Abomination from the first Hulk movie, which we've not seen since the Hulk movie, and it's like oh shit, Wong's like so that's how you know. Doctor Strange and Wong like uh, pay for all the things that the uh, you know, Saint Victor and Wong's like. I need coffee money. I'm gonna go fight in an underground uh, fight club. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was kind of an interesting take because you got all the cubicles of you know the lesser fights, and then you've got the big main event arena. Um, uh, and, it, and it turns out they're like just kind of like scamming dude because he's like you know, hit he's like dude that hurt and he's like and freaking abomination comes hit him again he's like all right let's see how you think feel and like opens the 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 ring portal and basically abomination punches himself out <laughs> i was like that's funny as shit and then wong's like making him like tea afterward he's like you okay buddy we're gonna have to talk about you pulling your punches man <laughs> like, all right let's go yeah. fucking just wong buddy with ab- abomination it's like Wong is like the most interesting character in, in like the new yes, branches absolutely. of Marvel. I can't wait to see what more shit goes on. I mean, even um, which could Wong carry a whole movie by himself? I don't know, but he's he's a great like fucking just kind of like straight man. I mean, even in the um, which I don't remember. Did we talk about the uh, the new Spider Man trailer? Or is that something we're talking about? I can't remember if we talked about it last uh, episode or. No, I think we talked about it. I don't remember. <laughs> Whatever. But, talk about it. But yeah, Wong, when he's like, you know, Peter goes to uh, talk to Strange about, you know, saving, uh, erasing everybody's memory of him, you know, becoming Spider-Man. And Wong's like, don't cast that spell. It is too dangerous. And then like leaves. 
And like, and you know, Strange's like, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I will not, you know, cast that spell. Wink at Peter. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, like, if you look at, like, the background when he opens the portal, it looks like he's going to the Fight Club. <laughs> it's like, now that you've seen Shang-Chi, you're like, ah, that's where Wong was fucking off to. <laughs> he was going to go, go to the Fight Club. Just the little subtleties like that, like... Yeah, he's just like you know a badass. He, you know, he's not even the main character, but he always has cool little lines, little quips. He's like one of my favorite little side. Well, dudes. I mean, just a, a it's always a fun character. Yeah, <laughs> like even in like Endgame, like when that everyone shows up and Strange is like, "Is this everybody?" He's like, "You wanted more? <laughs> I brought half the world here." What about the other half? <laughs> Bring everyone. <laughs> but yeah, then, you know, once, you know, the the real leader of the Ten Rings captures his children, turns out that, uh, you know, we get more of his backstory where he basically tells how he was, you know, this warlord for centuries and kind of done all he could do and there was nothing left to conquer. So he's like, I've heard of this mystical hidden city that does the martial arts of the gods. And I need to find this, this new land to maybe find something new to conquer. And he tries to find this, this mythical city of, uh, Tao Lao, Tao Lao or whatever. And, you know, runs into like this girl Kung Fu master. Who's the kind of the guardian of, of the, the village. And it's the only person to kick his ass. <laughs> and they have such different styles of martial arts where his is more aggressive and hers is more like passive. And it's like, it's yin and yang. It's like, you know, she's able to redirect all his, you know, violence and, and, and just overcome him. And it's like, he's like, okay, I came here for power, but this chick kicked my ass and it's kind of hot. <laughs> Yeah, and so he you know lays down his weapons and becomes a family man for a couple of years until his kind of criminal past catches up with him. And while he's on a grocery run, people show up and kill his wife. So he goes back to being full gangster, and now he's back on the I gotta find this city. But always like a like I said, always like a bad guy that doesn't think he's the bad guy. And basically, the mythical city guards a gate to this dark realm of these soul-stealing monsters. And somehow they're using the rings to influence him. Like, you know, somehow they're connected to the power of the rings. Well, I mean, I think it's like Lord of the Rings, right? You put on the, you know, ring. Ooh, I've now become addicted to all this power. Yeah, and he hasn't taken it off since his wife died, and it's been corrupting him but he keeps hearing and seeing visions of his wife and these demons have convinced him that you know the the people in the village are holding his wife's spirit behind this gate and to him it's a rescue mission he's like i've got to go destroy that gate and 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 save your your mother and my wife whereas they're like no she's dead dude like you're fucking losing your shit (laughs) oh And I like when, like I said, when, when, cause he's like, you know, to him, it's like, oh, this is just obvious, you know, here, let me show you the, 
necklaces show a path through this magical forest uh, that opens up in you know once every so many years and we're gonna go save your mom and they're all like no dude like you can't just wipe out this village it's you're fucking crazy and he locks them all away but like they they find of course morris and uh uh whatever trevor slattery the the fake mandarin he's like yeah basically uh the boss was really pissed off because i stole his identity and they he sent his men to kill me and bring me here so he could execute me but then i just started doing shakespeare and it really entertained everybody so basically they just kept me here as their their court gesture <laughs> and i'm like that's freaking awesome no i thought that was sweet and, and I loved it when the, with the, like a mythical creature that had come from the city, the city, which basically this furry thing with no face and wings. And they're all like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, what? You all can see him? Oh, yes. Great. And he's like, all this time, I thought he was a hallucination. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else finally sees him. I'm, I'm not, not crazy. crazy. Yeah. I, uh... like start hugging the thing. He's like, you're real. <laughs> all this time, I thought, you know. I'd done far too much drugs in my lifetime, and I'm just batshit crazy. But no, you're actually here. <laughs> you're you're a thing. Here, we gave you some tentacles. You could almost be a baby Cthulhu. <laughs> I don't know. How do they make stuff like that cute? Like, let's take a chicken pig. <laughs> And remove the face, and somehow, hey, I need one of those in my life. <laughs> and I got, I got three pibbles, but I don't have a chicken pig. Yeah, I wonder what chicken pig tastes like. <laughs> Throw one of those on the trigger. It tastes like a hot dog, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hot dog. With hot wings. All right, so I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent. So I Buffalo you know, hot dogs. wanted to go down to uh, Eddie's Trick Shop, and I was like, well, the one in Kennesaw is open till 6. So yesterday I drove out to Kennesaw, and, uh, or Marietta, and there's a hot dog place. I don't remember the name of it now. But one of the hot dogs is called, like, the Blue Devil, and it was a hot dog with french fries and buffalo sauce and um, cheese and some other stuff. Fucking amazing, though. <laughs> but I had to bring it up because you were like, mm. I mean, buffalo sauce goes on everything. I mean, put some French Red Hot on it. I mean, put that shit on everything. Yeah, we got that, I can't remember that now, that hot dog place in town now. That shit's fucking good. Some of the, like, the, all the variations on meat and buns. It's... It's amazing. Kind of like the martial arts. There's a lot of variations. <laughs> and in the end, they're all delicious. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so the <laughs> turkey pig, uh, chicken pig, whatever, says, oh yeah, I'm, I'm from that city. I'll, I'll show you how to get there. <laughs> uh, it's weird, too, because, you know, I can't really communicate it. Just sort of uses body language and Somehow the jesters learn to interpret it, you know. <laughs> Somehow the crazy guy can, you know, understand him. But what do you do when you're locked away in a prison? It's only one thing you can do. Jerk off a lot. No. Butt whistles? 
No. When <laughs> when you got a predominantly Asian film, you got to go drifting. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> he's learned how to mind meld with the kaiju. That's one thing we've not had in the Marvel Universe yet. Good kaiju. I don't... I mean... The dragons and the soul eaters. I mean, are oh, they yeah. on the kaiju, you know, yeah. grand scheme? I mean... Yeah, when they get to the mythical city and everybody's all kung fu'd out, they're like, yeah, we... They meet... Uh, Basically, their aunt that was uh, uh, stayed in the city when their mother left to uh, to marry uh, the leader of the Tin Rings. Well, I mean, that was kind of the thing is, uh, you know, like in his opinion, oh, they they imprisoned you and you know banished you, and it's like. No, she was, your wife was always welcome. It's yeah. all of the years of bad shit that you have done. There's no amount of good that you could do to not bring, you know, you would endanger evil the city. onto this place. We rejected you, and she chose to go with you. Like, yeah. she, her and your family was always welcome here. You know, you're not, you're an asshole. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I like, because like I said, he had trained from birth as a, basically like a freaking assassin and you know he goes to his aunt he's like mom was the only one that was able to defeat him can you teach me to fight like her and you know she's like all right let's do some sparring and she's like kicking the shit out of him and finally like you know goes to him and's like you know open your fists like you know you're fighting with aggression you got to learn how to basically like look like tai chi more of a a soft style of, of <laughs> martial arts. We're not trying not to meet uh, force with force, but redirecting force. Well, I mean, I think force. it's more so, you know, you know, the art of diffusing, you know, um, and, and, and sometimes that's exactly what it takes is just, you know, somebody that's wanting to get aggressive and, you know, sometimes a passive approach you know, allows that burning ember to just, you know, die off, and it's like, oh, I don't have a reason to be pissed off anymore. <laughs> Which oftentimes really works well, because uh, then it's like, ha-ha. And I, I, you know, I even have that problem myself with, because, you know, the type of martial arts I say is Hapkido, which is supposed to be, it's very circular you're supposed to like you know redirect energy instead of like meeting force on force and i'm a big dude i'd like meeting force with force but you know you know even if you you know if you block force with force you it still can, hurts <laughs> yeah you can injure yourself you know even if you are defeating your opponent where if you redirect and you and use their force against them it's you don't need as much strength and power it's like an easier way but yeah you know, sometimes like, hulk smash oh, oh i <laughs> i blocked but i still lost hit points <laughs> yeah uh, and i mean that that also takes away a chunk of stamina i blocked that kick but now my forearm hurts where if i would just you know <laughs> dodged <laughs> <coughs> but sometimes 
Hulk just needs to smash. <clears throat> but yeah, you know, and he even that f- the first battle with his father, you know, he he's like, you know, even his father's like, you know, you stood by while your mother died, and, you know, you know, and there's like a, a you know resentment there, and he hasn't learned the lesson of of you know, being the peaceful warrior like his aunt was trying to, you know. So his first battle, he gets the shit kicked out of him and kicked into the lake where he meets the Great Protector, which is actually, like, a legit kung fu dragon. <laughs> I don't know. I, for some reason, like, I envision that being the spirit of his mother or something, <laughs> like, you know. You're like, all this time, you're like, eh, it's, a, it's a metaphorical dragon, right? No, no, we, we got a legit dragon leaving yeah, in the it's, lake. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Oh yeah, and he starts freeing the uh, the soul stealers that are basically just sucking people's souls out and feeding them to some bigger bad that's still behind the gate. And when you know the dragon resurrects him and he goes to fight his father again, this time he uses his mother's style of martial arts and is able to take the rings from him. And instead of like finishing his father's off, he just like drops the rings and they kind of have a moment. And then the the big bad comes out and he has to saves his son, but then ends up giving him the rings as he's, you know, kind of knocks him out of the way. And the, the big creature of darkness, you know, kills yeah, I mean, his you father. You definitely get that rite of passage moment. Yeah. He's like, you know, you took the rings, but now here I'm giving them, them to you. You do. I've been corrupted by years of being a warlord. And like, you might actually do some good with the rings. And then he, as they say, Kamakamakea, the the big bad, <laughs> blows him up with the rings. And and speaking of, uh, we talked about Aquafina's character's you know arc when she gets there to that, you know, she kind of tagged along through the whole thing. When she gets there to that city, you know, the she's like, all right, you know, I'm just kind of help out where I can. And this old lady's like, here, learn the art of bow. Like, you know, learn archery, which I see, see a lot of people getting into archery this today is like almost like a meditation, like the, the focus it takes. And she finds like, oh, here's something I'm good at. And by the end of it, she's like, you know, she may not be Hawkeye yet, but she's holding her own with like, you know, just a couple of days of training. It's like, oh, I finally figured out how to focus and put all my energy into accomplishing one thing instead of trying to dabble in 15 Well, I mean, things. that's the thing is they, you know, see nothing, hit nothing. Yeah. You know? And like you said, that, no, focus on your objective. You know, look where you want the arrow to go, and that's, you know. And she ends up, like, you know, pretty much... I mean, she turned the tide of the fight, you yeah, know? Yeah, she, I mean... like, you know, stopped the dragon from getting his soul sucked and allowed uh, <clears throat> Homeboy to finish off the dragon or the the big evil and i like when they go back to normal life and they're having a dinner with their their two friends that had like gone on to be lawyers and shit and was kind of giving them shit for not doing anything with their life and they're telling them this like grand story of fighting soul suckers and dragons and international uh <laughs> um, criminal organizations. I mean, dude, they <clears throat> they were given the same looks that people give when we tell of you know our grand adventures. <laughs> they're like, "Oh, you're making fun of me now, aren't you?" No, no, really. This all this stuff happened. And they're like, "Yeah, whatever. You're just making this shit up." And then all of a sudden, like Wong opens up a portal in the middle of the restaurant. 
He's like, Shang Chi here? Uh, here, sir. And he's like, Hi, I'm Wong. We're like, yeah, yeah, we're big fans. He's like, Both of y'all, come with me. We need to talk. And he's like, uh, Sorry, yo. I'll, I'll Vin, Vinmo you for dinner. <laughs> I, I'm a you know international kung fu hero now. I, I got to go hang out with Wong. <laughs> and everyone's like, Oh shit, he really is telling the truth. Well, it's kind of weird that, you know, his friends wouldn't have picked up on that viral video, you know. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's the first thing when they go to the Fight Club in Morocco, like, oh, shit, it's Bus Fight Guy. Because, like I said, you know, of course, you know, it being nowadays, there's always somebody with a with a camera. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I kind of like that character, too, because, I mean, it's, you know, well... I studied a little martial arts in elementary school, so let me give you the play-by-play. Like, <laughs> yeah. dude, Try you're not do... gonna have a fucking clue what's going on. Trying like... to do ESPN fight commentary. <laughs> He's like, "Yo, I'm Joe Rogan, world star, bitches. <laughs> I- I'm the bus stop Joe Rogan. I'm gonna break this fight down for you." <laughs> oh, but yeah, that uh, that's still the bus. The bus fight is probably is the best uh, part. <laughs> well, I mean, I I liked you know too like them trying to get through the labyrinth to get to you know yeah the trees are just like closing in around you know I mean that. everything is living breathing forest and it's a lot of groots. I don't know it's kind of weird like so when they entered in you know they entered one vehicle. And there was barely enough room. How the fuck did they get a convoy, you know? Well, that was the whole thing. It was like when he plugged the two necklaces into the dragon statue and it made, like, basically a map. So once every, and I forgot however many years said it was, the path opens up. So, like, when they went in, when they went in at that special time, it was just a straight shot. Like, it's like for that day, the gate opens up for some reason. (laughs) Where they were having to go through the fucking... You know Zelda hidden forest maze to to get there, but when the the convoy came through, it was like just a straight open shot. They didn't have to deal with all the fuckery. I'm calling bullshit. There should always be fuckery. <laughs> if it was fuckery, you wouldn't have a convoy rolling in. Fuckery. Maybe it has to like re- recharge. <laughs> they got to they got to plug in and charge the uh, the gate. We got to uh, wait every, on the uh, next uh, you know rain shower to uh, you know recharge. <laughs> We 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 gotta get some more photosynthesis, man. I do like when the Ten Rings army is fighting the uh, the villagers, and once the the soul suckers come out, they're like, "All right, people, we're gonna have to set this aside for now." And like, if we want to live, we all have to fight together. And you know the the Ten Rings and the villagers all even like fucking machete hand guys. Like, here, let me give you a a uh, dragon scale knife for your <laughs> machete hand, so you can actually do some damage. Oh, and then you get our our kind of our two post credit scenes. First it's Wong and you know, our, our our two new heroes investigating the kind of the origin of the rings and we get not whatever Smart Hulk, but we get actual Bruce Banner and yeah. and you know, Captain Marvel kind of consulting of the you know, here's our space expert, here's our science expert, and here's our magic expert, and everyone's like, I don't know what the fuck these are. <laughs> and he like the like the you know that his arm is still in a in a I don't know time wise how long post snap it's been, but 
yeah, Bruce's arm's still fucked up. He's in a <laughs> from you know doing the snap in uh in Endgame. He's still still healing, and he's just like, yeah, welcome to the circus, kids. <laughs> So does that now mean that they are officially Avengers? Oh yeah, they never, you know, never say welcome to the Avengers, but I use kind of it's kind of how it goes, you know. Marvel's like, oh, uh, there's some other kind of space thing happening. I'm gonna have to like take off. Uh, if you need me, call me. Bruce has got my number, and he's like, I totally don't have her number. She does this all the time. But hey, welcome to the circus, kids. <laughs> Shit's gonna get weird from here yeah. on out. And Wong's just like, hey, get accustomed to this. Nobody ever finishes or has any idea what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, you're, you've been brought into a larger world. You're probably a little overwhelmed. You should uh, probably go home and get some rest. And they're like kind of a call back to earlier in the movie when they the first time they go hang out with their friends. They're like, we really should adult. We got to get up early and go to work tomorrow. Or we go we to the go- karaoke bar and get drunk. So, yeah, it's like. Like, you're right, Wong. We should go home and, and get some rest. Or... And then you see freaking Wong <laughs> at the karaoke bar with them getting hammered and singing Hotel California. It's like, dude, Wong is the coolest uh, character in the MCU now. <laughs> uh, you don't see uh, freaking Falcon and the Winter Soldier doing drunken karaoke. Everyone else is so damn serious. Wong's like... Fuck yeah, I'll go compete in a fight club and then go do some drunken karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Let me take my big-ass creature with me, too. Yeah. That would have been only the better thing is, like, freaking, you know, doing a duet with uh, <laughs> Abomination in the karaoke bar. Although Wong trying to cover Hotel California was kind of an abomination in itself. <laughs> which is what made it great. Let's have uh, Abomination singing WAP. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> so, uh. So, where do you think. Well, and they also say that, uh. Whatever, the rings are giving off some kind of, like, signal. So, I'm pretty sure this is. That's going to be a tie into our next upcoming movie, The Internals. Um, the rings must be sending out some signal to whatever that big alien looking shit that's attacking the Earth in the next movie. <laughs> Yeah. That's my, I mean, dude, that Eternals trailer theory. looked badass. Yeah. You know. That's a new, like, kind of different thing, too. And it, and they even brought in there, like, thinking that trailer, like, like, where were y'all when Thanos, like, wiped out half the galaxy and shit? And they're like, hey, we were, we've been here since the beginning of time, but we're here with a very specific purpose. We're not allowed to interfere in humanity unless this specific monster is behind <laughs> fucking with y'all. Anything else? That's just y'all shit. <laughs> we are only here to defend you from this one specific bad guy. And fuck, it looks like this one specific bad guy is actually coming to destroy the earth. Finally. So we're back. <laughs> Somebody doesn't play back in black. Back in black. I'm going to be very disappointed. Hmm. But all these, like, you know, these kind of the the new Phase 4 movies we got, I'm wondering what, who's the next big bad? Who's going to be the the next Avengers movie, you know, Thanos? Is it going to be, like, Galactus or Kang the Conqueror? Or, yeah, it has to be something I mean, it's... on a Thanos level, you know, to... But even then, Thanos didn't warrant... 
the Eternals getting involved. Yeah. So it's got to be bigger than Thanos if they're, you know. Yeah, we shall see. Especially with the Loki fucking up, pulling a berry and fucking up the multiverse. And looks like Doctor Strange and Spider-Man's going to further fuck up some multiverse shit. So who knows what kind of fuckery we're going to get in the end of... Yeah, we went through three phases before we got Thanos. Like, you know, whatever, at the end of phase six, what the ultimate, ultimate bad guy is going to be. Mr. Marvel himself <laughs> with his giant eraser. <laughs> it's like, ah, what you re- This is all a great idea, you know, but, you know, I want to go in this direction. It just takes a pencil and erases 20 years of the MCU. <laughs> it starts over. <laughs> Reboot. <laughs> and that, you know, they've yet to introduce the kind of the Fox properties that they got back. So I'm assuming between Loki's multiverse fuckery and Strange's multiverse fuckery, we're going to have to, that, that's probably going to be how they bring in X-Men and whatnot at some point or another. Fantastic Four, whatever shit they're you know going to tie these future properties in at some point. You trying to set yourself on fire again? Uh, I may have had a little uh, mishap. Uh, no, no flames to report. <laughs> and then we get our second uh, post-credit scene where you know he says his sister's gone back to dismantle his father's organization, but instead she's taken over his organization. And, and actually making it co-ed because his father didn't like uh, women soldiers. But we've kind of yet to see if the Ten Rings are going to still be basically bad guys. Or is she going to be the the next bad that Shang-Chi has to take down? Or is she going to turn into a more weird, benevolent like, organization? Why would she go rogue? You know, because, I mean, they fought alongside yeah they you know equally stopped their father from destroying the world and you know even though she had her own kind of <clears throat> criminal organization but it was more of just kind of like I said the fight club but then again not like, something like i would say like doing any kind of like real harmful gangster shit so mm-hmm. i'm wondering if her 10 rings are going to be you know maybe they're like the bad guys squad. or they're, yeah, they're going to be like the Kung Fu Shield, you know? <laughs> Are they going to... We didn't get a whole lot from that uh, <clears throat> that reveal there that she's now the new uh, Mandarin. Whether or not she's going to be a force for good or somehow be corrupted by power. And But then again, I mean, it looks like evil. she, you know, karaoke-fied the, uh, the training grounds a little bit. So, I mean... Yeah, it's like there's graffiti everywhere and shit. Like, or is this just going to be like, this is my new Fight Club headquarters, you know? It's not as bad as y'all think it's going to be. <laughs> Although, I gotta say, dude, like, that, uh, you know, where they first encounter the Ten Rings at the Fight Club Arena, like, that scaffolding, you know, fight was fucking epic. Yeah. Like, I don't know who approved that scaffolding, you know, but... <laughs> yeah, that was very another, like, Jackie Chan-esque uh, fight sequence. Yeah, everything in uh, 
bamboo makes hell of a scaffolding. <laughs> Unless pandas are there, because pandas eat bamboo. Or Dexter. I'm convinced <laughs> that one of my dogs is truly a goat. <laughs> or even the, uh, <clears throat> uh, what was the other thing? Uh, the rope dart shit that uh, his sister did. That's impressive. That's that's a cool little ninja weapon. The, uh, you don't see much of the rope dart uh, in, in Well, I mean, we got to see a little bit of it, uh, you know, uh, at Dragon Con. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean... It's kind of funny, like, they kind of blocked the back and, you know, covered the floor, but most of the debris shot up straight. <laughs> Wait, somebody take out a chandelier. Yeah. Oh, so as we kind of wrap this up, uh, what are you thinking of this here, uh, Unleashed? You know, Camacho is, they've got some cigars that I like, um, and got some other stuff that, it's got brilliant marketing, but not really my profile but this is a uh, at this price point this this is sitting right at home with what i look for and yeah. you know a, a medium to full cigar you know um not a lot of variation in flavor i think if anything um maybe the spice has tapered off just a little bit um i mean excellent construction and burn too because i've noticed I mean, some cigars, especially if you're talking, might have to relight two or three times during a show. I think I've had to touch it. I never had to relight. I had to, like, touch it up once this whole time. And the first one I smoked the uh, Saturday when I first found these was, like, I didn't ha I lit it once and it burned straight through. I never had to touch up or relight. So it's very good construction and consistent burn. And I think I was having this conversation with Anthony the other day. It was, like, <clears throat> Camacho kind of... Reminds me of Gurkha, where there's a lot of stuff that's like, all right, that's cool marketing, but then when th the, the <laughs> oh, it's another Camacho. <laughs> but no, I said that's that's the difference between Camacho and Gurkha, because like a lot of the shit's like, oh, you did this because it's cool marketing, but the cigar is not that great. But with Camacho, there's some things I'm like, all right, that's some cool marketing, but usually there's a decent cigar <laughs> at the base of it, you know, even though it's like some kind of cool novelty thing they actually make a legit cigar even though it's like kind of just appears to be marketing like the uh was it the the triple maduro the 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 freaking bourbon barrel series i mean they've had some great like kind of bold flavorful cigars i mean camacho doesn't really i mean the one that i liked was always just and i don't know what it's actually called i've always just dubbed it the red label cigar yeah like their bold series or whatever. Yeah, the red one's good. Uh, yeah, I don't know why more Camachos haven't like made it into my regular smoking rotation. But you know, I mean, this one might, especially for the the price point. It's not it's not bad, and it's pretty good. You know, cigar. Uh, and I think it's, like I said, it's a not a regular production. It's kind of a not a limited run, but it's going to be like I think a yearly run. So like I said, you know. Get them now while you can, because it'll be a freaking year before they <laughs> unleash another one. Pun intended. <laughs> All right, with that, we'll be right back with some more shit.
some smoke so what are we blowing smoke up our asses about this week <laughs> well we're just back from dragon con what we had a dragon con oh yeah yes. i was there it's back and this year we did not do the whole media thing so we're not doing a whole dragon con episode because we don't have any interviews but uh, we're figuring we take a little bit and discuss kind of the post or well current during pandemic return to con life and you know kind of our experiences this year in the lighter dragon con i guess you would call it we're gonna call it dragon con light <laughs> yeah because they because the next dragon con uh, you know as long as there isn't any unforeseen circumstances is going to be huge <laughs> yeah I'm, at this point i'm wondering if because tickets are on sale now, so I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to cap that shit. We need to get <laughs> go ahead and get tickets now just in case they cap everything or if we're just going to go back to doing, trying to get on that media list uh, for next year since we took this year off just to go experience con again. Well, I mean, that was the thing is, you know, uh, definitely appreciate all the guests and celebrities and everything else that were able to attend, but I mean... You know, it was still a logistical nightmare, you know, for people that were abroad and couldn't get, you know, out of their native countries to the U.S. to attend the convention and everything. Yeah, um, even there were several people that couldn't get out of, like, Louisiana because of the and not to mention, recent hurricane. Yeah, we, we had COVID, and then, you know, literally the week of con, you know, here comes a major fucking hurricane, you know. Um, I guess it was interesting because they they did this is the first time they've done in any attendance cap the last con went to had like around 80,000 attendees where this one had a cap of like 40,000 well, so I, it was the first day it looked weird but by the yeah the second day there was still legit partying going on in the marriott it just looked a little bit we could actually walk through the marriott without getting stuck for 30 40 minutes it was like we barely had to walk the streets. Normally, it's like, oh, if we got to go from the Hyatt to the Hilton, we're going to take the street route. Yeah, because you get in the, Marriott, get the Marriott. It's like, <laughs> it's going to take me an hour to get through there. Like, like, and like that's so, if I don't get distracted along the yeah. way. So it was like, and like, I, I think I only went down to go up once. Like, I never had to wait on an elevator. Most times, the elevators weren't even full when I went to get on it. <laughs> so in that regard, even like, the few things we hit where we try to get into like the dealer's hall and there's like a long line, the line we're through the line in like 15, 20 minutes other than the, the next time we went, there, there was, was no, no line. line. We just walked straight in. So it was like, Oh shit, this is, this is fun. It's almost like going to like one of the smaller conventions where we're not, uh, you know, stuck anywhere. You know, and the, the COVID protocols, you know, Atlanta has a mask mandate now. So once you were inside, you always had to wear a mask and, I've never worn a mask for like hours on end. So normally it's like if I, if I go somewhere where I have to put on a mask, I'm in a store for 20 minutes and I'm out having to sit through hour long panels with, so as you're going to back to back panels, it's like, okay, my face is sweating. This is getting irritating, but it was still fun to like 
hell, we we saw Shatner. I saw Lou Gossett Jr. You know, and it's like, all right, you know, it. I definitely needed to go outside, ha- have a cigar, and I think that's why we we blew out our voices smoking so many cigars because we all right, we need a face break. We need to get outside where we can get some like fresh air and shit, and then put cigar smoke in our lungs, but. So I think I spent we spent more time outside hanging out with but with I smokers mean than this we, year yeah. was unusually mild yeah and low humidity and you know I mean it was like before you went outside out of necessity this was more <laughs> hey I'm going outside because it's really fucking comfortable <laughs> and the you know shout out to the the Hilton which has become the, like the party hotel. I like they they continue the thing of like cosplaying the hotel. So they turn the lobby into the Starcourt Mall from Stranger Things, and all the staff are wearing shirts that said Hilton staff, but it was in like the Stranger Things font and looked like Stranger Things shirts. But the outdoor patio where we usually go to smoke cigars, they had actually added picnic tables and benches. I'm like, oh, there's like places to actually sit and have a cigar and chat with people, which was which was really nice. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I you know get older, with I, I go for the people watching. Like you know, this year was a little bit different. I mean, I went to more panels this year than I have in the last five years. Um, normally, it's one panel per you know Dragon Con, but <laughs> I mean, I, I made it to four or five panels, so I was like, holy crap! Yeah, that and it was like the uh, the. Uh the word i'm looking for we were exhausted by sunday and it's like normally we were doing interviews for at least half of each day we we're running around doing interviews so it was like we kind of had i guess a break <laughs> for like responsibilities but since we had no responsibilities we just went hard for like three days so by sunday it's like oh fuck i'm <laughs> yeah i gotta i gotta build up my dragon con muscles again taking a year off is like kicked my ass i'm like i can't stay up all night drinking and dancing like and going to fucking raves and shit like <laughs> done in previous years. I'm like, fuck, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean, we we did, we did that, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we definitely paid a price for it. Oh, <laughs> uh, and even though there was less people, there was, and you know, I, I, thought, I mean, I, I'll I'll say this, like, yes, there were less people, but dude, still ton of cosplay phenomenal people watching like that i was, was one thing i was kinda i was I, I wasn't disappointed wondering about with the masks and shit was if people were going to bother to like dress up and there was still like just tons well, of great well cosplay. most people had you know incorporated their mask into their cosplays and stuff i mean you know that or you know i'm a ninja variant oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, the. Uh, I mean, we definitely did call it on the that's what I was the costume into. of the con, though. Yeah, this year it was definitely Loki's and Loki and uh, variants of every <laughs> time. If you could put horns on it, it was a Loki. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not. I mean, I saw a few su- of the new Suicide Squad Harleys, but I didn't really even see that many Deadpool's. <laughs> I saw some Deadpool's, but not. No, I, I mean, I, I think I nearly maybe <laughs> you know three or four over the course of the weekend. Still and... saw plenty of like the inflatable T Rexes. That was cool. There was actually some new things. I saw an inflatable Triceratops and a Godzilla. And it was like, 
there's something other than T-Rexes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, the Pikachu. That, I don't know, I, I felt like Pika might have been, you know, in a little bit of danger, you know, surrounded by dinosaurs, but, you know. <laughs> Pikachu held their own. I even saw, at one point, I went to the bathroom, and there was a guy walking two corgis, and the corgis were in costumes. They was two corgi pools. And I was like, and I think, I saw somebody post, apparently they went out again, and they had dressed them as uh, Thors. So it was like two corgi Thors. <laughs> I will say that most of the service animals that I saw this year were, you know, cosplayed up in some fashion. Yeah. I say the uh, probably my favorite Loki variant I saw. There was because if you've watched the Loki series, of course, Gator Loki was a big thing, and there was a girl. Or, I, I, I didn't even see her face. I'm not sure it was a girl or a guy or whatever, but there was a. Uh, Steve Irwin Loki variant with a stuffed Loki alligator. <laughs> I mean, just the in- ingenious ideas that people come up with with their costumes and everything. I mean, that's that's my draw. And, and, and you know, I mean, Khan is one of those places that, you know, regardless of what happens, Khan is almost like its own little world, at least for that weekend. Yeah, you know, all differences and everything else are put aside for the same common goals of it doesn't matter what your fandom or geekdom is. Everybody's there to celebrate and have a good time. Yeah, and there was the <laughs> there's a few things where like I've not seen an old Greg yet, and literally like after having that conversation, I leave you to go back to the room to refill my flask, and I run into a, an old Greg. Actually, I walked by some, I stopped to get a drink or at one of the things and someone goes, said something about like watercolors or whatever. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, old Greg just went by. I'm like, fuck, there it is. It's con. We saw it. I saw an old Greg. And like, like I said, we, we always run into Bill Bill who does the, uh, Atlanta steampunk expo. We're like, man, I hadn't seen Bill yet. And then, you know, happened to run into him, ran into strange way, ran into, uh, you know, Dr. Q so, so we got to see all our friends that we pretty much only see at Dragon Con. <laughs> so it was like, all right, yeah, it's like the family's back together again. You know, we we got a chance to see, you know, everyone we've not been able to like hang out with in person at least for a little bit and 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 check some things out. So, what is your what was your favorite costume you saw? What was the the thing that like <laughs> stood out? You're like, oh shit. You want me to remember a, a, a week ago? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I said, after the night we had last night, after surviving five days of Dragon Con. I said there's probably, I mean, there was a lot of cool costumes. But Hold on, was, let me go to my photo gal. <laughs> I think there was maybe three or four that I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. One was, we're huge Trimmer fans. And not only did we see one, we saw three Burt Gummers hanging out together. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, it's Burt Gummer. That's not, not a you know, costume you see much of. I mean, I, I think for uniqueness was a stripper witcher. Yes. You know. There was a guy walking around with a mobile stripper pole, and it said, toss a coin to your stripper, and the stripper was X'd out, and it said witcher. The first time we saw him was in the registration line and he's dressed in the Witcher outfit dancing on the pole. 
The second time I saw him, he had no shirt on and light up pasties and gone full stripper witcher. <laughs> I mean, uh, realism costume wise, whoever the dude running around oh, as John, John Wick. Wick Dude, I had to do a double take. I was like, is Keanu here? Because that dude legit looked like Keanu Reeves. I was like, I'm not sure if that's a cosplay or just some... It's Keanu. Is like, just here. <laughs> I did see there was a guy cosplaying as Will Wheaton doing autographs. He's like, outside the autograph hall, had made a fake autograph booth of Will Wheaton. <laughs> I'll say for me, um, and... Maybe it was just timing or whatever, but it seemed like I saw a lot more horror film-related costumes this year. And yeah, we just happened to be out smoking when they were doing the horror film photo shoot, and it was kind of cool because it wasn't just one Jason Voorhees. It was like, we're like, oh, oh there's that's part one. There's part one. There's part two. There's a part six Jason. <laughs> or, and the guy you know, dresses... Really, part one didn't even... No, you, you know... like the chop, but the, the part two with the burlap sack on his head and then like part six with the paintball hits and it was like i was like oh yeah it's like that's from this and then uh the guy dressed as michael myers that had his own bush to hide behind yes that was genius <clears throat> i think the other probably highlight for me was doc oktoberfest there was a guy dressed as doc uh, doc ock but he was wearing lederhosen and each of his robot arms was holding a beer, and he was walking around drinking out of a freaking DOS boot. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I gotta say, I was really happy that we got to have a con. Um, didn't encounter any issues. Um, you know, uh, I mean, the longest line that we had to wait in, which I don't think is any surprise to anybody, uh, was, you know, registration to pick up your badge. Yeah, because they were having to check everybody's um, COVID paperwork. Well, I mean, even then, like, I don't even think... Well, that too, it's like, just about like every other company shorthanded, Dragon Con was no exception. They didn't have nearly the amount of volunteers they normally have, so things just kind of ran a lot slower in the registration area. But other than that, everything else seemed to run pretty smoothly. We only had one kind of negative run-in with a, a overzealous staffer, but that person was corrected and, and, and moved along. And like I said, we didn't have any other incidents after that that I'm aware of. It was all in all a, a good time. We had, uh, we had a blast and look for, Anything new, like I said, you actually went to some panels this year. <laughs> is there anything new you saw that we've not done in the past? You're like, oh, this is pretty fucking cool. I don't know. We ate at some new restaurants. <laughs> you actually went to the Hard Rock for a change. Yeah. Um, we didn't make it to Gus's uh, fried chicken. Though, I know. I think we got yeah, burned I'm... out on the spicy chicken the first night. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Bagolgi, uh spicy chicken was uh, no joke. Yeah, that, that burned your butthole. Oh, what was the other one? Um, you were still sleeping for this one, but I got up early and went to the uh, the medieval night fighting with a Palmo Palmetto arm, not Palmetto State Armor. That's the gun company, Palmetto Knights. It's first time I'd actually gone to the, like the live action night fighting, and that was badass. Man, those dudes were wearing full on armor with like real weapons that just had blunted edges, and they didn't look like they were pulling any punches. They were beating the shit out of each other. I mean, one dude broke his axe over another dude's head, and the the, the axe head went flying. I'm like. Oh, this is legit. <laughs> it 
It's like medieval WWE over here. This is badass. Yeah, that is the thing. One year I want to check out the wrestling. Yeah, I'm not done. The, not gone to the Dragon Con wrestling yet. But yeah, the definitely if you've not seen the knights, go check out the the live action knight knife fighting. It was it was pretty badass. And I think that kind of wraps up our our con experience. Looking forward to next year. Maybe we'll actually go back to being media and interviews with people next time around. Did walk through the uh, saw Zach Levi. Saw saw like fucking uh, uh, Tom Welling from Smallville and. didn't go to their panels, but I at least walked through the the uh, Walk of Fame and saw, you know, Zach Levi, uh, fucking Lex Luthor, or Superman. Uh, like, you know, it was it was pretty it was pretty cool, you know. And like, or like, man, Shatner's getting old as fuck, so I probably should go to the Shatner panel. <laughs> and Shatner was was great. Even, oh yeah, Shatner's a riot. Uh, even Lou Gossett Jr. Because like, you know, fucking Iron Eagle is the the bomb '80s movie. You know, he he was cool as shit. So yeah, yeah. If if you didn't go this year, you missed out. It was, it was different than previous cons, but it was still Dragon Con, and we all had a good time. And with that, we'll be right back with some news. Hi everyone, it's Nathan, host of the Forty Two Cast. Our second season is just underway, and it's never been a better time to check in on what we're doing. Whether it's talking about the latest movies from the MCU, watching the Arrowverse shows, talking about classics such as Star Trek and Doctor Who playing 8-bit video games, or sharing celebrity interviews, the 42Cast has something for everyone. So give it a listen, and discover why it's the ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. The 42Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. And now, it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news! So, we got some badass driving sequences, uh, you know, in Shang-Chi. Tokyo Drift Part 2. Yep. Uh, how would you feel about possibly owning uh, vehicles from Mad Max Fury Road? Fuck yeah, can we get the uh, amplifier truck? Well, <laughs> I... Uh... Or the double-decker, uh, like, Cadillac hearse-looking thing that Morton Joe drove. I'd, I'd drive the fuck out of that. Well, for the ones that weren't destroyed in uh, fiery explosions, um, I mean, there was a lot of badass cars, but uh, Lloyd's Auction is auctioneering and uh, the valuation company from Australia, and they are basically making all the Mad Max Fury Road cars available. Hells yes. Um, to win that lottery. Yeah. So... Uh, you got the 1956 Pontiac Custom Safari two-door wagon, stripped and chopped to accommodate a 20-inch pole welded to a V8 engine block as a counterweight for aerial gymnastics. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be the Expressions of Madness, which is a, uh, museum of, uh, modern masterpieces and, um... Dude, there were so many cars, you know. I pretty much, you know, all the Warboring machines I want. You know, ride bright, shiny, and chrome. Fuck yeah. Um, get the pursuit special. <laughs> On yeah, the Fury I, Road. 
I don't know. You know, the uh, the auction is going to be taking place September 25th and 26th of this year. So get your lotto monies in order. Oh, hell yeah. Um, video game news. Uh, we got a announcement trailer for Star Wars Knights the Old Republic remake. I don't know how long people have been asking for a remake. Oh, yeah, I mean... Hell, you can get the original game as a phone app now. Yeah. That, I'm still rocking the PS4, and like I said, I've, what little gaming I've done, I've kind of done on, on PC. This, this may be the thing that makes me buy a a freaking PlayStation 4 now. Why would you, why would you buy a PS5? It's going to be on PC. I thought it was a PlayStation exclusive. Uh Uh-uh. It's going to be on PlayStation and PC, my friend. Well, never mind. I don't have to upgrade yet. (laughs) Um... But yeah, KOTOR, you know, is, uh, you know, and I even went back last year to revisit the game, you know, because I stayed away for a few years just to see what updates and everything, and, you know, I played it for a few weeks, and it was still an enjoyable experience. Um, I would love to see, uh, you know, with the updated graphics and everything else, um, we don't have a release date yet, and the trailer doesn't show much but you know come on next gen graphics like yeah i mean and you know i mean i i'm not knocking ps5 or you know consoles i'm not you know oh you got to join the pc master race but (laughs) so much comes with the pc you know as far as mods and different you know interfaces and a lot more customization so um you know, definitely something I'm excited for. Uh, some trailer news. We did get a new trailer for The Matrix Resurrections. Um, you know, Warner Brothers, uh, as of right now, this is uh, going to be released in theaters nationwide and HBO Max via the ad free plan on December 22nd and then it'll be on HBO Max for 31 days after the theatrical release. Um wasn't sure I needed a uh a new Matrix, but looking at this like it, it actually looks pretty good. Yeah, it's <clears throat> I'm entirely confused about what the storyline is, but and I think we talked about it when we did our Matrix episode I really liked the first film and the other two, not so much. It kind of ended very weird. So I'm hoping maybe this, this is, ties this up is more and Matrix some One than it is Matrix and some Two clarity. and Three. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I I think Matrix Two and Three was basically a hey, this was successful, so we need to repeat that success. Did we need? Maybe not, but. Whatever. You know, maybe this is the thing that people's like, oh, this is what we wanted all along. Yeah, there's so many movies that the first one could have been a self-contained story, but it made a bunch of money, and now they, they try to turn it into a trilogy, and the rest of it doesn't hold up as well. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the trailer looks pretty badass, so we'll we will see if this captures the magic of the original or if it's just going to be more bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're like me, um, as we go into our next bit of news, you know, I I dig a, uh, an apocalyptic film, our disaster film, if you will, 
So there's one that came across. We got a trailer for, you know, a Netflix series that says, don't look up. <laughs> um, basically, uh, what we're going to have here are two characters, um, Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio, trying to do a media tour to warn people of a incoming meteor that is on a direct collision course for Earth. So it's Armageddon, um, but without uh, space miners. Kinda, I guess. I I don't know. I didn't really get the. Doesn't look like anybody's trying to stop the shit. <laughs> well, I mean that's the thing is the president, you know, on this one is um you know very indifferent. Um, basically just like ah, you come at me all the time. Global warming, blah blah blah. You know, no bad shits happened, right? So now the odds are stacked against them. Um. And I guess uh, we're working with a six-month time frame to impact. I mean, I um, guess if there's something coming that's going to wipe out the Earth, and there's absolutely, we don't have the technology to, like, pull an Armageddon and, and blow up the asteroid. Well, uh, you know, would you, even would you if tell you... anybody? I mean, because it's going to be mass panic and well, I mean, riots and everything else. Or do you just cover it up and be like, eh? I mean, in past interviews that we've done with actual NASA scientists, and, you know, I'm a... You know, if I watch stuff, like, more often than not, I'm watching documentaries. You know, but if you've got a giant object, you know, that has the propensity to be a, you know, extinction-level event, and you blow it up, well, if you don't vaporize it, <laughs> yeah, you're, just... you're still going to have giant things coming through, and instead of one <laughs> big thing... Oh, shit. Now we've got hundreds of other things. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, did we really solve anything? You know, I mean, you know, and uh, the other theory is, well, can we just knock it off, you know, its course? And, you know, unfortunately, that depends on the density of this object. And do we have the, you know, rocket technology to be able to do that? Or, I mean, the other thing is, Hey, this is really cool for the stuff we know about in space. Uh, but these things tend to show up without warning. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hey, it looks like we got a couple of days to react to this. Like, but that's the thing too. If, if you if it's something where it's like we're all gonna die, would you rather them not tell you? Because if there's nothing we can do about it, you know. Because like I said, panic in the streets. You know, in like you know it, if. <laughs> Well, what what kills me is every time there's a major disaster, right? I get the run on food and everything else. What I don't get is the, well, I just got me a new TV or a new game system. Like, <laughs> the fuck good is that going to do, you know, when there's no electrical grid or, you know, life to play, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, okay. even now, all game systems need some kind of internet connection. So even if you got a generator for power, you ain't got no internet. You're not going to get that fucking download to play it. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I I would think that just to prevent the mass hysteria. It's like, well, we're all fucked. This is not tell anybody. Yep, so. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you know, if it's 100% certain, no way out, like, the world can't come together and, you know, like, yep, <laughs> wipe it out like the virus plague that we are. <laughs> um, We talk a lot about movies getting delayed. Well, yeah. here's a movie that's coming out recently. Holy shit. It's actually been moved up. Woohoo! I know Top Gun got you know, pushed to next to Memorial well, Day. Well, 
you know, once again, Shang-Chi, like, holy shit, movies are making, you know, money in theaters again, so, you know, we can't have uh, Marvel doing this without, you know, well, I mean, I guess it's, well, no, this is Sony, you know, whatever. Yeah, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, it's now coming out two weeks earlier. Woohoo! Looks like now it is set to release on October 1st, which the trailer that we talked about, you know, the last uh, news segment, this looks badass, you know. I thought they did a great job with Venom, yeah, you know, this go-round like, between, you know, Eddie Brock and, uh, you know, um, the symbiote. Like, phenomenal transitions. Um... Any other tidbits, news, information you want to share with the uh, the, the listeners at home? Uh, well, as we wrap this up, um, we are recording on September 12th, the day after September 11th, and just want to, you know, as, the, as it says, you know, never forget, uh, shout out to all the... <clears throat> Military guys, the first responders, firemen, cops, EMTs, everyone who lost their lives on that day. But September 12th was kind of the day that we all came together as a nation to start kind of rebuilding. And it's been 20 years, and it's like we have forgotten because the... Unity of September 12th has kind of gone away. I mean, with the media and politicians on both sides, the divide between right and left has gotten so wide that people can't have civil discussions about anything they disagree with. Now, I mean, if you believe one thing, you're a racist. If you believe something else, you're, you know, whatever. It's like, I mean, at Dragon Con, our roommates weren't as conservative as we are, but we were able to sit down and have a discussion about our opinions without it turning into a fight. And I feel like people in this country have forgotten how to do that. So let's try to bring back some of that unity we had 20 years ago and realize we are one people and it's okay to have varying opinions, but it's not okay to constantly fight about it. Come on, let's learn how to discuss things again and be one varying people instead of a bipartisan fight about every fucking topic. So take this week to, you know, try to reach out to people and find common ground again, motherfuckers. And with that, check us out on ESO Network at esonetwork.com. On our website, cigarnerdpodcast.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at cigarnerdpod. Get your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com, promo code cigarnerds. Get your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com. And with that, everybody was kung fu fighting. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.